Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is Tailgate Till May, part of the Believe Podcast Network. If you love college sports and you like to put a little action on the games, then this is the place for you. I'm your host, Stephen Gorgie, and I'm excited to be back for another episode. You can find me on social media, Twitter or X, Instagram, TikTok, all at the same handle, at Gorg on Sports. I'd love to hear from you. I want you to be a part of the show. So tell me what you're thinking. Tell me what you're feeling. Tell me what you want to hear about. Tell me what I got right. And of course, tell me what I got wrong. So today, we are just going to dive right into this thing because look, it's about to be week five. Everybody around the country is a little bit banged up. Teams are wanting bye weeks. They got to get guys healthy, and I'm no different. I am playing a little bit hurt this week. I've been sick all week. I'm playing through it, though, because I got to talk about week five of this college ball season, and I've got to get my thoughts on the games out there for you all because I love you all because I love picking games and talking college football, but let's get right into this thing. Cause I got to get back to my NyQuil and my Vicks vapor rub. So let's do it right away today. Let's uh, let's talk about what I'm watching, what I'm betting. It's time to spray the board. And if you are a longtime listener of tailgate till may, you have been sticking with me throughout the season into last season, basketball season, You were rewarded last week with an 11, when I went 11 and three, if you've been following along, if you've been suffering through some of the bad weeks early in the season, last week you were rewarded for your patience when I went 11 and three overall, 11 and two against the spread, 0 and one on my money line parlay of the week, netted 8.3 units. And that brought us on the season to 28 and 23 against the spread one and three on the money line parlay of the week overall netting out at plus 5.83 units so we're back in the black and we're feeling good ready to keep it rolling into week five so let's start out with the weeknight slate and let's go right to friday night here because a really good friday night slate we have coming up and the first game on the docket for me is Louisville at NC State. NC State at home at Carter-Finley Stadium, a three-point favorite. The total is anywhere between 54.5 to 55.5, depending on where you look. And I am going to take the road favorite here, Louisville. Louisville minus three is my bet in this one. And I just think this one's a little bit too low. I think it should be closer to a touchdown. SP plus Bill Connolly's advanced analytics system on ESPN has it closer to a touchdown. And I agree with that. Louisville's offense has been really good this season. It's fourth overall in offensive success rate, only behind Washington, USC, and Oregon. And those are dynamite offenses. Louisville has been right up there with them on a down-to-down basis. Uh, It's also been not only efficient, but explosive. 
third nationally in explosiveness. This is a really good offense. Louisville and USC are the only two teams that are in the top 20 in both success rate and explosiveness. But it's not like this is an offense that only does it through the air or only does it on the ground. It's balanced. They have a nice passing game with Jack Plummer, Jeff Brom's former quarterback who was with them at Purdue transferred and then came with him to Louisville. And then on the ground, Jawar Jordan is averaging 9.6 yards per carry. It's quite an offense they have here. They can do it on the ground. They can do it through the air. They can eat you up with long drives, efficient drives, moving the ball down the field for 11 plays, 12 plays, or they can hit you for 75 yards. I really like this offense, and I don't think NC State's offense can keep up with them. I've watched a lot of NC State football this season, and NC State concerns me on both sides of the ball. From an offensive perspective, it's one of the least explosive rushing attacks in the country. Brennan Armstrong, their quarterback, is the guy who they rely on to run the football. He has been their leading rusher in all three games this year against FBS opponents, and they just don't seem to hit a lot of explosive plays through the air either. I have concerns about whether they really have weapons on the outside that can help them hit those explosive plays and keep up with this Louisville offense. On defense, they've just been visually unimpressive and the stats kind of back that up. You watch that UConn game. They looked really bad in their run fits. UConn was getting some big runs on them early in that game against Notre Dame. Audric Estime bust out that long run right after the rain delay, the lightning delay, and they were hitting big plays on them. They just haven't looked good and it's not what you expect from a Dave Doran defense, but the stats also back up what you kind of see with the eye test and see, State was projected by SP Plus as the 20th best defense before the season started. They're now ranked 45th. Yes, I know it's scary to take a road favorite. Yes, I know that Raleigh is a tough place to play, but I think this line is just too low. I think Louisville's offense is too good. I don't trust NC State either on the offensive or defensive side of the ball. So give me Louisville minus three on a Friday night to kick off the slate. Elsewhere on a Friday night, these are games I am watching but not betting. Utah goes to Oregon State. Utah remains undefeated. I was down on them last week going to the UCLA game. I didn't trust their offense, and their offense didn't necessarily give me anything, uh, a reason to trust them, but the defense sure did. The defense was absolutely excellent. Seven sacks against UCLA. They're fourth in defensive success rate this season, and they're top 15 nationally in success rate against both the run and the pass. This is a really good defense, but this Utah team needs more offensively if they want to actually be a college football playoff contender because they're going to need to find some way to compete against those absolutely dynamic offenses at Oregon, Washington, and USC. Cam Rising is the big X factor for them. Their quarterback who hasn't played yet this season, and it's still unclear when he will come back if he will play, if he will play this weekend, I, I'm staying away from this one. I, If I had to bet it, and the line on this one is Oregon State minus three and a half, uh, the total of 44 and a half, I would lean to the under 44 and a half. 
Oregon State's strength is its running game. It has a great duo of Damian Martinez and Deshaun Fenwick. They ran the ball really well against Washington State in the loss, but they just couldn't match Cam Ward in that passing attack. These are both teams that like to run the ball a lot. Utah is ninth in percentage of rushing plays. Oregon State, 55th. They neither runs a ton of plays per game. Oregon State is 83rd. Utah is 94th. I expect a slow game. I expect a lot of a lot of running in this game, uh, and I would lean towards the under of 44 and a half. But with the questions around Cam Rising, the constant will he or won't he, is he going to come back? Is he not going to come back? I just want to stay away from this one, but I lean under 44 and a half. The last one late on a Friday night, Cincinnati at BYU in a Big 12 matchup. Uh, should be a really fun one on Friday night. I'm interested to see where both of these teams are. And BYU got that big win over Arkansas a few weeks ago. Cincinnati last week was able to hang tough with Oklahoma, but their offense let them down at key times. I'm still thinking these are two teams that are towards the bottom of the Big 12, probably in the 10 to 14 range in the Big 12. And uh, uh, interested to see, though, if one of them can emerge more into that middle tier. So that's one I'm just keeping an eye on. That line is BYU minus or uh, uh, BYU plus one and a half to plus two and a half, depending on where you look. So if you're interested in the Cougars at home as a dog, there's your opportunity there. Let's go to Saturday, and this Saturday card is not the greatest card in the world. Look, there's no bad days in college football. They're all fun weekends. They're all good weekends, but there is not a monster matchup on this schedule. There's no Florida State, Clemson. There's no Notre Notre Dame, Ohio State. There's not even really an Arkansas LSU. Well, maybe there's some Arkansas LSU type games here, but there's nothing that comes close to the magnitude of that Florida State Clemson game and that Notre Dame FSU game that we saw last week. Hence why there's no deep dive into a game of the week because I just don't really see a game of the week here. There's a lot of pretty decent games, not a lot of great games. But let's start with the noon slate as always. And I'll start with the games that I'm betting at noon. My first game here, Clemson at Syracuse. Syracuse is a six and a half point dog, a total of 53 and a half. And I am betting Syracuse plus six and a half. I'm taking that six and a half there. I am livid that I missed out on the touchdown. It was hanging out a touchdown Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. I didn't jump on a, I didn't not jump on it in time. I should have. It's down to six and a half. I still like it at six and a half because I actually think Syracuse has a really good chance to win this game outright. And they will also be my first leg of my money line parlay of the week. I just see this as a huge hangover spot for Clemson where Clemson came out last week and they gave everything they had. They played inspired football against Florida State. That was a game that they were playing essentially to save their season. And I thought they they had an excellent game plan. I thought they executed that game plan. I thought they looked really good for the majority of the game. I thought they were even to Florida State in that game. And a few big plays cost them as we broke down in detail on our recap episode. And I just see this as a spot where it's going to be impossible for Clemson to come out and muster that same kind of passion and energy with essentially little to nothing left to play for 
uh, the rest of this season. And yes, that's why Dabo Swinney gets paid the big bucks. I know I said on the Sunday episode, I, my money would be on, be on him to rally this team and get them to continue playing good ball. But this is just a, a really tough spot. It's tough after you have given it your all and it's week four and you are sitting at two and two with two conference losses and they're going to need a lot of help to make the ACC championship game. So I see this as a hangover spot. And then also when it comes to the matchup, I really like Garrett Schrader at quarterback for Syracuse and everything he's been able to do in the run game this season. He's run for 316 yards through four games this season. And that includes sack yardage. There is sack yardage in that total. So he's run for even more yards than that. He's second in the run component of ESPN's QBR. So essentially you can view that as he's one of the best running quarterbacks in the country. And after seeing what Riley Leonard did to that Clemson defense on opening night, I think there's a good chance Garrett Schrader can have his way and run on this Clemson defense. Syracuse also has a very good defense where they're ninth in havoc rate nationally and they're eighth in points per per opportunity allowed. So they're limiting opponents once they get into a scoring opportunity. And we've seen this year how Clemson struggles when they have scoring opportunities to actually score the football, whether it's a big turnover, whether it's missing field goals, whatever the case may be, Clemson has made mistakes when they've gotten into that area. And Syracuse has been very good at holding their opponents from scoring when they have opportunities. Give me the orange plus the six and a half. Give me the orange as my, as the first leg of my money line parlay of the week. The next game I'm betting at the noon time slot is Louisiana going on the road to Minnesota as an 11 and a half point dog. The total is 48 and a half in this one. And again, this is one where I just frankly think the line is too high. I do not think this Minnesota team deserves to be a double digit favorite over just about anybody with a pulse right now. And I don't care if it's an AAC team. I don't care if it's a Big Ten team. When you lose to Northwestern and you let Northwestern come back on you the way they did, you do not deserve the benefit of the doubt. According to SP Plus, on a neutral field, this line would be a two and a half point spread. Minnesota would be favored by two and a half. So make that about five at home in SP plus Louisiana is about 10 points better than Northwestern. And I know it's a dangerous game to play the comparison game. And well, they beat this team and this team is better than that team. That's not what I'm doing here. I'm just kind of saying, look, Louisiana, I think is just as good. In fact, they're better than Northwestern. And uh, I don't think Minnesota deserves to be favored by them by 11 and a half points. Louisiana has a good rushing attack. They are starting a freshman quarterback, Zeon Chris. He was just forced into action and made his first start a week ago. But he's a dual threat guy. And I, I like this rushing attack from Louisiana. I think both these teams will keep it on the ground a lot. I think it'll be a low scoring game. I don't trust Minnesota's offense versus anybody right now. So in a game where there's a total of 48 and a half, give me the points, Louisiana plus 11 and a half. 
The next game I'm betting at this time slot is the Florida-Kentucky game. The Cats are favored by a point in Lexington. The total is 44.5, and and I'm going under that low total of 44.5. These are two good defenses, two mediocre offenses, and I think this one's going over. Both of these teams are really good at stopping their opponents from scoring when they get into a scoring opportunity. Both defenses in the top 35 nationally at limiting points per opportunity. And both of these teams play slow. The tempo is going to be in your favor if you're betting the under here. Kentucky is 87th in plays per game. Florida, 131 out of 133 teams in the country in plays per game. Four of the last five years, this game has gone under this number of 44 and a half. The one that didn't, it only got to 50. I think these are two good defenses. I don't trust either of these offenses. I think it's going to be a close game. I truthfully have no idea who wins this one, but I think I know it's going to be close and I know it's going to be low scoring. So give me under 44 and a half here. Another SEC matchup at the noon slot. And as I look at this, I think this noon slot, honestly, may be the most interesting time slot we have this week is Texas A&M versus Arkansas. They play this game at AT AT&T Stadium on a yearly basis. And the big news here is that Texas A&M Connor Wegman is out for the season. Max Johnson will start for them. And Wegman had been very good so far this season. He had been taking some of the leaps that you wanted to see him take. And this line is is Texas A&M by six and a half. The total is 53 and a half to 54 and a half. This is a game that's always weird. It's always close. Arkansas is in an absolute desperation mode. They had a real close one against LSU a week ago. That would have been a huge chance for them to pick up a win. Right now, they're sitting at two and two. 0-1 in the SEC, and they desperately need a win before they go on the road for games at Ole Miss and at Alabama. I like the Razorbacks in this one just to take a shot on them without Connor Wegman for Texas A&M in a game that is always weird and it's always close. And now where I think Arkansas will have the better quarterback when you compare KJ Jefferson to Max Johnson, give me the Razorbacks as the second leg in my money line parlay of the week. So, so far we have the Syracuse orange and the Arkansas Razorbacks to win outright. And there's one more leg to go. I will get to that one a little bit later. Last game at the noon slot we got to talk about here is USC at Colorado. The Trojans favored by 21 and a half. The total in this game, an astronomical 74 and a half. Last week, we hit going under on a high total in Oregon versus Colorado as Oregon absolutely beat them down. That game was never even close and it never even got close to that total of, I believe it was 70 and a half this week. I expect USC to have their way with Colorado, but I think Colorado is going to score a little bit. I still do not trust that USC defense at all. I'm going to stay away from this one entirely, but this is going to be really telling if USC cannot handle Colorado the way Oregon did. I'm going to start to think that it's really two teams, the two Pacific Northwest teams, Washington and Oregon at the top of that Pac-12 heap. 
And then you, I would consider USC and Utah a, a step down. Utah for their offense and and USC for their defense. And I, I, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Maybe USC goes in there. Maybe they handle business. Maybe they shut the Colorado out in the first half. But I, I'm not prepared to bet on that at this moment. And so I'm going to stay away from this one entirely. I'm going to keep my eye on it. I'm going to see what we can learn about USC and Colorado too, of course, but USC is really, you know, they're the team in the national title picture. They're the one that I want to learn a little bit about here. If I had to do anything, I would go under 74 and a half because that number is so high and in a blowout, which I think this will be, I don't think it'll quite get there, but I just don't trust that USC defense enough to do it. So that's the noon slot. Got a bunch of bets there. Let's move on to the 3.30 time slot here. The game I am probably most interested in watching in this time slot, and I actually don't have any bets that I'm going to be placing for at 3.30, is Kansas at Texas. So this is a game that has been a bit of a trouble spot for Texas. It's been a bit of a joke at times with uh, Texas not being able to beat Kansas when Kansas wasn't nearly as good as they are now, but Texas hosts the Kansas Jayhawks. This game opened around 18 and a half. It's down to 16 and a half. Now this Kansas offense is really good. And Texas has gotten off to a bunch of slow starts this season. I was taking a look at the first half line here and it's Kansas plus nine and a half. If I was going to bet anything, that's the way I would go. Kansas has a really creative offense. They do a great job scheming guys open, making things happen. So that's if I was going to bet anything, that will be my lean Kansas plus nine and a half. But I think this is one to really watch where we can see once again, does Texas take care of business against a team that they should? And if they can cover this spread, I'm really going to think that this is a national championship contender. They will have done everything that we've asked them to do so far. And I'm going to start taking a look at some can at some Texas national championship odds and some of their futures here because they have done everything we asked. And that would be a super impressive win to me. Another national title contender plays at this time slot. Georgia goes on the road to Auburn. And man, in any other year, this would be viewed as a trip up spot for Auburn. It would. It's a big rivalry, old rivalry. Auburn's a team that always has talent. But this Auburn offense just has not shown anything thus far this season. The dogs are a 14 and a half to 15 and a half point favorite, depending on where you look in this one. And I'm with Georgia. I get a little bit of the vibe with them that they are kind of like that 2014 FSU team, the team that won the national championship in the last year of the BCS with Jameis Winston, then came back that next year and just kind of looked like they were sleepwalking through the season a little bit. And I just haven't seen Georgia put it all together yet. I don't know if sleepwalking is maybe the wrong word because that implies that there's a certain level of disengagement or they're not focused. I just don't know what we have 
truly from this Georgia offense yet. But every game, it seems like you'll look at Twitter or you'll check in on the score and Georgia fans are grumbling and it's it's closer than it should be in the first quarter or into the second quarter. And I still cannot figure out entirely what we have with the dogs here. They're still the national championship favorite. They're still the SEC favorite. I, I just can't quite figure them out yet. And so this is why I'm going to be pretty locked into this one, even against an Auburn team that doesn't have a very good offense. They still do have talent on this team. Auburn always has talent. They have certainly have talent on the defensive side of the football. And I want to see what Georgia's offense. I want to see what Georgia as a whole looks like when they go on the road, because going on the road is a different beast in any other circumstance in any other year. I would probably take Auburn in the 14 and a half points there, but this is not any other year. This is year one for Hugh freeze at Auburn and Auburn has not shown me enough on offense yet to justify this, but neither has Georgia. I'm going to stay away from this one, watch it intently, try to figure out how I'm going to play Georgia the rest of the season uh, based on this. A third national title contender takes the field at 3.30, and that's Michigan going on the road to take on Nebraska. Michigan has just been in cruise control the entire season. I said I thought they should be the national title favorite before the season. I bet them at 10 to 1 odds to win the national title. I bet JJ McCarthy at 30 to 1 odds to win the Heisman. I bet Blake Corum at 30 to 1 odds to win the Heisman. I have been big, I have been high on this Michigan team all year long. I continue to think that Michigan has a two-game schedule and I'm a little nervous though for them whether this these lack of challenges are going to come back to haunt them when they actually do play Penn State and Ohio State. I don't know how long you can just stay in cruise control. I would like to see them really turn it up and beat a team down. And to be fair, they, they have beaten a lot of teams down. They just haven't had a ton of possessions. They've really shortened games. And maybe that ends up being a good thing. I like the way that they've been splitting the carries with Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum, keeping both those guys fresh for when they need them. But at some point from Michigan, I just don't know if you get at some point disengage a little bit and fall asleep. And then all of a sudden you're in a dogfight, and you know, you don't, you don't know what to do because you haven't been in that position yet. So I don't think Nebraska is the team to give them that challenge. Uh, this is more about Michigan to me than it is about Nebraska. I don't like laying 17, 17 and a half here with a, in a conference game with a Michigan team that just hasn't ever seemed to fully hit full throttle yet. So I'm going to stay away from this one. I do expect Michigan to roll for, if you're watching them and saying, are they a national championship team? I would like to see them hit full throttle at some point, much like Georgia where Georgia's kind of been in cruise control. I don't think Michigan's been quite that sleepy, but I would like to see them hit full throttle at some point. No bet here again, more watching this to kind of understand what the national championship picture looks like and uh, Michigan is one of the big contenders there to me. Let's move on to the night where I have some more bets. So at 6 p.m. Eastern, 
LSU goes to Ole Miss. I am taking another small road favorite here. LSU minus two and a half. And I don't love it. But when I look at this game, when I just look at the football, I just don't trust Ole Miss in the trenches at all. And I don't trust Ole Miss to take advantage of LSU's weakness, which is the back end of their defense. I think LSU dominates them up front. I really like the combination of, of Daniels and neighbors and how they've been playing that connection with one another on the offensive side of the ball for LSU. Uh, it's great quarterback receiver combo. Uh, Ole Miss in the trenches bothers me. The fact that Ole Miss does not beat good teams bothers me. At under a field goal, I feel like I just still have to take this despite the fact that it's on the road. Smells a little bit fishy, but when I just look at that matchup on the lines, I like LSU too much. Give me the Tigers minus two and a half here. Going into the night slate, 7.30, Notre Dame goes to Duke. Duke, a five-and-a-half-point dog in this one. This is where college game day is this week. Durham, North Carolina, for the first time ever, Duke will host the football version of college game day. Notre Dame participates in a game day game for the second week in a row. A lot of people out there I've seen picking Duke. A lot of people are liking Duke. I am skeptical about ACC teams actually beating Duke until they do it. Notre Dame has dominated ACC teams, even including Clemson, who they absolutely ground to dust last year. I think Duke is a very good team, but I think the way that Notre Dame is built is too much for Duke. I am staying away from this one. I don't like the five and a half. If it was two and a half. I might consider Notre Dame there, but it's not. I'm not going to. If you forced me to, I would take Notre Dame if you're doing like a pick em pool or something, but I'm not going to actually bet this one. Uh, if I had to, Notre Dame plus or minus five and a half would be my play. I, I think that Notre Dame is just too physical for Duke. I think Duke's defense has looked much better than anticipated, but I think Notre Dame's run game is, is just going to be too much for them at the end of the day. On to my last couple bets here before we wrap up in the night slot, 8 p.m., Pitt at Virginia Tech. This is my favorite bet of the week when I put it out on Twitter on Sunday. Pitt at Virginia Tech under 45 and a half. These offenses are downright terrible. I said this is a total that should be in the 30s. Well, sure enough, four days later, it is. I, this game now is in uh, 30. I think it's 39 and a half is where I see it everywhere. FanDuel, DraftKings, BetMGM, Caesars. We were able to get this at 45 and a half on Sunday. If you follow me on Twitter, you saw me put it out. I jumped on this one immediately. This is the first bet I made of the week. Uh, I'm not playing it at 39 and a half. I said when I put it out, I would play it to 42. Or I said on the show Sunday afternoon, the recap show, that I'd put it, I'd play it down to 42 and a half. But this is why I'm such a big proponent of firing on Sunday afternoon if you can, because that's almost a full touchdown there. The difference between 45 and a half and 39 and a half. Uh, these are two really bad offenses. I expect this one to be very low scoring affair. I said I thought it should be in the 30s. It now is in the 30s. So under 45 and a half feels like a steal in this one. 
my last bet of the day is San Diego State at Air Force. Air Force is a 10.5-point favorite. The total is 43.5. I am playing a prop in this game. I'm playing San Diego State team total under 15.5. Air Force has a really good defense. It's the 14th best defense in the country per SP+. They are really good at limiting explosiveness. They're the 5th best team in the country at that. And they are 28th nationally in front seven havoc. So they create havoc up front. The San Diego state offense is not very good. They're 92nd per SP plus in games against UCLA and Oregon state. They scored 10 and nine points respectively. And their, their offense is ranked 97th nationally in front seven havoc allowed. So a, a mismatch in the trenches there, San Diego state, allows havoc air force creates havoc additionally nobody runs the ball more in the country than air force as far as a percentage of the time this is going to be a game with not a lot of possessions and i don't trust san diego state at all to take advantage of the possessions they do have anything under 14 and a half here i would play last year the final score in this game was 13 to 3 it's at four it's at Air Force, I do not like San Diego State to score two touchdowns, much less 15 and a half. So uh, that's a no-brainer for me. San Diego State under 15 and a half. And then to finish things off, the last leg of my money line parlay of the week, we already have Syracuse. We already have Arkansas. The last leg will be USF taking on the Naval Academy in Annapolis. I think that game is a pretty even game I have seen from USF the ability to score some points this season and I don't like Navy's ability to score I really don't like Navy's defense I'm pretty down on Navy I think there's some upside here with USF Uh, I, I think they're starting to figure some things out especially offensively so give me USF in a game that I think is kind of a 50 50 toss up there so Syracuse USF and Arkansas is my money line parlay of the week and that comes out to a juicy plus 2248 so basically 22 and a half to one on that one as always all of my bets are one unit the money line parlay of the week is a half unit that's our show for today enjoy week five everybody i can't wait to be back on sunday to recap it all with you. Hopefully, I will be feeling better by then. I will be off the NyQuil. I'll be off the Vicks Vapor Rub, and I'll just be ready to sit down here and talk football after hopefully another winning week. That's our show for today. Until next time, keep the grill hot and the cooler cold.